You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. So despite the way I may sound, uh, definitely to you, Taylor, uh, and maybe to our fans, I don't have a cold. I'm just in a weird setup location because my microphone broke this morning. So. Maybe maybe I'm congested and my ears are full, and that's why oh, you sound congested to me. It is a bit of a different setup. I've kind of jerry-rigged my my um, gaming setup, so I've I've got my big, big headphones on for, for like gaming, like system gaming, you know, you can play online with friends. So I've kind of got a microphone attached to that. That's kind of right down from my face, but I have to be in a different location for it to all work. So yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a, it's a fun setup. So this will be weird this week, but then I'll get the microphone all fixed up or a new one or whatever for next week. Makes me wonder, Mike, since moving, uh, and since I got sick, I've been using my, iPhone earbuds. How's my audio quality sounded these past few months? Um, yeah, <laughs> not fine. great. <laughs> I would say a noticeable difference from what right. it was before. Yeah, but my old setup. Yeah, that's just because, like as you say, your setup's a little bit different. So it, it's definitely a noticeable difference. But I don't think uh, we haven't had anyone complain, complain. and okay. we have fans who will complain about those things. Fair enough. Eventually, I will migrate back to my old setup. Yes. I want a different microphone. I I had the microphone you had that I mm. assume broke. The one That's that you had to like screw to a desk. That's correct. <laughs> I want one where it can just sit on my desk. Those also, you know what I mean? yeah, and I think it's time for an upgrade. Frankly, anyway, because we both got those when the pandemic started. Yeah, we're like, so oh, that's. Shoot. That's three years-ish of use. Like that's, I think it's good to upgrade every couple of years, especially with the way technology progresses. And the fact that podcasting has become so popular amongst everyone, like everyone has a podcast. So I think yeah. they've just, they've upgraded the technology. They make it very affordable to have a microphone now. So yeah, I think it's probably high time for new ones. I think that's probably fair. I think, um, Based on your rules, we can talk about Christmas. And that, maybe I'll ask Dan Santa Claus for a new podcasting microphone. Yeah, absolutely. For Christmas. Yeah, uh, if if Dan has the powers to communicate with Santa Claus, then that's great. Uh, get, get, that, get that ball rolling because that's, yeah, I think, I think an upgrade to the equipment is probably due. Yes, my rules. So you want to break my rules. Yes, yeah, speaking of... <laughs> You want you want to talk about a Halloween themed thing that has to do with movies now, um, so I guess we'll do that first not, because then we can transition out of this. I was going to say it's a logical um, segue for your little bit of news. What's my little bit of news? Well, it's they're both. You have a strike story, and I have a strike oh. story. Oh, okay, yes, but they're connected. Yes, okay, I see what you're saying. I thought honestly. <laughs> My head, my head went to. I was gonna. I originally thought we we'd kick off the episode with me explaining what movies I watched on Halloween. But then I also oh. didn't tell you that or bring it up because in my own head I went, "No, let's move on from Halloween." 
Um, so for some Halloween reason, anyways. <laughs> I, yeah, I froze when you just said that because I thought, well, I didn't say that to you. How do you know I was going to talk about that? But you're talking about the strike thing I want to talk about, which is about all these movies that have been moved. Like yes. that's something that I want to talk about only because I had mapped out my November to include, okay, well, here are the movies that I want to review. And a lot of them have moved now. Some of them are still coming out, but it's interesting that not only because of the writer's strike, because of the actor strike, and just because around using the actors as promotion tools, a lot of studios just went, we're going to wait till next year. Like we don't even want to try during all of this to put a movie out. And the, the one that I think we've talked about before, the, the big one was Dune. Dune pushed back yeah. all the way to, I think, March or something of, of next year. Like it's not, it's not pushing back. For, though, right? not yeah. 2024. Yeah. 2024. Right. So that, you know, that was going to come out in November, but instead of saying, Oh, we'll do a, you know, holiday Christmas release, which we know movies do very well there. I guess they don't want to compete with Wonka. Um, they just decided, yeah, we'll, we'll just throw this movie out in, in next March, which I think is crazy because Dune would have been a big seller that would have brought in a lot of people. Um, no comment because I haven't seen the first Dune movie. Okay, well, trust me when I say it was. An <laughs> <event>. <laughs> it no, was I know an enough about I know enough about it that it's like I wouldn't go so far as to say it's like a Star Wars movie, but like it no. is a movie. It's like a franchise. It's a fantasy that people like. Yeah, it's a fantasy film that people like. Um, I know David I, Lynch tried to make it. Mm-hmm. I think twice. Well, he did. He successfully yeah. made it. Like he made the first, he made a movie that of Dune, but it was massive. Like it was the two parts. It was the big book all in one, two parts combined in one, as opposed to what they're doing now. So it's a little bit convoluted, but it was a, that was a very popular cult movie of the eighties. David Lynch's uh, Dune. I guess I just saw a headline being like, no one has been able to pull off Dune. Not no, even because David Lynch. Yes. Because <laughs> David Lynch, David Lynch, did do a, a Lynchian movie, yeah, like, yeah. and it, but you know, yeah, you know yeah. him. It's it's very much his Dune. <laughs> it's very very different. So, so are there other movies you wanted to mention that are being pushed back? Well, I was trying, I was trying to find a list and I couldn't find it, but here's what I did find: the only big mainstream movies that are coming out in the next couple of weeks are Killers of the Flower Moon. Which is like has just opened. Obviously, the Marvels is still open as a, in a week. Before you work down your list, Mike, I just want to mention uh, a not a great plan headline. Scorsese is shutting is saying to um, theaters, "You may not show my movie with intermissions because the movie, I guess, is like over three hours long. It's very long, yeah. Right, like it's over. I don't know the exact runtime. Uh, one article I saw was like, "You're just showing a four hour movie. Of course, you need a break." I don't think it's four hours though, is it? It's between three no, and four. No, it's not no. four hours, but it is over it is over three hours long from what I've seen, but it's not it's not four hours now. And there's no built-in intermission. And um movie theaters have gone rogue, because I guess some theaters are already showing it or Yes. It just it just opened uh, in right. parts of the States, yeah. And so they're showing it with a kind of a makeshift intermission. And Scorsese's like, How dare you? do this there's no intermission in my movie i don't i i think there should be if 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 the theaters know their audiences well enough 
to think, okay, our audiences who come to the movies frequently are going to want a halfway point to like go to the washroom, refresh their drink. Like they should be allowed to do it. I know there's something to be said about filmmakers are, you know, they're artists and um, the movie has been constructed in such a way that there shouldn't be an intermission, but like, you can pause movies. Like it's not going to ruin the movie going experience to have a quick pause so people can go to the bathroom. Am I crazy? No, no, no. I don't think you're crazy. I, I do think that filmmakers are artists, directors are artists, and I understand and appreciate when they want to create an art as opposed to just create a movie. Like I think you can, we talked about this on the show before you can tell when you're just the shell of of a director putting something together because you have to versus you care. And Scorsese is obviously someone who cares, but honestly, he goes too far. Um, he is someone who I'm getting really annoyed with, and I think he's a brilliant the Marvel director. stuff. <laughs> yeah, not just the Marvel stuff. I like, and again, I'm a Marvel fan. But if he had said that about, um, I don't know, what's a type of movie I hate? Um, if he had said that about a, a genre I'm not into, I would have felt the same way. Right. Honestly, you have to think about the audiences we have today. And every time he talks, he sounds to older and older and more like he's just screaming at the cloud, like the old man screaming at the cloud meme. The Simpsons. And, and, yeah, and, and I, I think for Martin Scorsese, this world is actually really easy to live in and he makes it seem like it's so hard. Like him creating his art and creating movies is actually really easy for him. In terms of the actual, like, putting it together and doing it, maybe the ideas and creation process, I'm sure that's a lot of hard work and that's different. But what I'm talking about is if Martin Scorsese has an idea, he gets, he gets, yeah, the resources are there and he makes his movie and that's the end of it. I don't get what the big deal about an intermission is. And he, um, there should be a big deal. I agree with, I agree with what you're saying. And he made like such a stupid comparison being like, if, Audiences can sit through TV without a bathroom break. They can, they can sit through three hours of my movie. But like Most people of them don't. People, people, people don't. don't. Do that. Yeah, no. They, Especially they if you're streaming, you pause. I you think, can pause whenever you want. I think in the movies I'm reviewing today, I think I paused it at least twice, and those were shorter movies, but for various reasons because I right. wanted to focus, and something happened where I'm like, okay, my attention's going to get drawn away. And that's just, you know, streaming at home, there's different things, whatever. But yes, I think my kind of point in all this is I think he's just, I, I don't think he's doing it consciously, but it comes off as he's just complaining for the sake of something to complain about, which is really, really get bothers me and really like grinds my gears. Like I haven't seen this movie yet. I'm sure it's very good. He's a very good filmmaker. His movie is in movie theaters across the world if your movie theater needs to put an intermission in in order to keep the attention of people so people buy a ticket as opposed to not because they know oh at least i can take a bathroom break i don't have to worry about this then great because there are people out there who will not go see your movie because it's too long and will wait to stream it from home i heard it about i people have told me that about oppenheimer they said i was between oppenheimer and barbie and when i found out oppenheimer was over three hours i decided to go see barbie i two people have said that to me there you go scorsese has to really surround himself with smart people 
who help navigate these topics with him so he doesn't keep shooting his mouth off like this because it's really starting to bother me. Um, and that's of like, I'm a film fan. I'm a fan of his. I don't think he's like an artur and the oh best goodness. filmmaker ever, but I think he's fine. And Sorry. I enjoy his films. Sorry, Mike, did you, I don't know if you heard that on my end. Did you hear something, an, an ad pop up? No, I heard, oh my goodness. Yeah, because an ad, I'm on a, I have a Vanity Fair, our our fans are going to love this. Don't cut this out because they're going to love hearing okay, my drama. Right. Um, I have a Vanity Fair article opened up for my bit of news, which you bypassed to talk about <laughs> your movie news. But yes, um, yes. all of a sudden, an ad started playing in the Vanity Fair in a different window. I don't even have the tab on. You know what I mean? No, like I, I'm on. Yeah, because I think you're, you're audio is connected to you to whatever microphone you're using not right. your computer so i think i wouldn't hear but i did you, you would yeah you'll hear it and but, but it won't go over the recording very fair i've been we've been talking for 12 minutes and now you decide to play an ad oh you didn't just open it no oh. i'm literally it's not i'm not even in the window or i mean the tab's open but i'm not toggled to it that's never happened to me before okay there you Ooh. go. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I Every don't know dull what, moment uh, here over at. Yeah. But but sure, I'll, let's keep all this in. I mean, it's it's fun behind people the scenes. Love, uh, people stuff. love when we mess up. But anyway, to just kind of wrap up, and then we'll get to your movie news um, so we can never speak of Halloween again. Um, the only other mainstream movie I saw coming out was The Hunger Games. So that's, that's the only prequel. three. The prequel. Yeah, like the. Ballad song. of. Yeah, yes. the birds, songbird, and snakes. And, snakes. Yeah. Um, and everything else has moved. Like that's three movies <laughs> that are coming out in the month of November. So there you go, folks. <laughs> like that's everything else is gone, and and the only movie I know of in December, I was trying to find like a list, and all of them are over, or like out of date, or things say like unknown. If if you know if they're going or whatever, the only movie that I know of coming up in December is Wonka. <laughs> Like I can't, you know, I, I, it just seems like so much has had to move and it, I, I, aside from actors not being able to promote their films, there shouldn't be another reason why our movie can't, can't be out there. So they must really feel that actors being able to go on talk shows, being able to do web exclusives, being able to do red carpets is so important to promoting the film. I will say that, um, Wendy continues to knock it out of the park in terms of her programming, um, despite all of the setbacks in movie theaters. Um, I don't have a, a full list in front of me. Definitely go to the screening room, Kingston.com, and you can see all of the really great stuff that she has programmed, both new and sort of classics. So um, if, you know, the big Cineplex and the big, big landmarks or whatever aren't doing it for you there's still plenty to see over at the screening room in kingston so it's not going to be a completely dismal november in terms of cinema but you're you're right i like i couldn't even tell you what's coming out could no, not I, I couldn't. couldn't even tell I you mean, i think most of the films i've been seeing previews for were scheduled for 2024 anyway um but i couldn't even get a confirmation on the release date of the napoleon movie Oh, I want to um, see that one. Because I, I, I know that it's an Apple TV thing, but they're putting it in movie theaters. But I just hadn't seen an update on that. Because it said 2023. It was supposed to come out November 22nd. But they weren't sure 
whether or not they were keeping it there. I know they have a couple more weeks to figure that out, um, but there's a chance that Napoleon's moving. Like that's another film that I had expected to see in and around the holidays. So yeah, it's just interesting to see that. Um, you you have a, a similar topic around the strike of something that uh, really grinds your gears. So I want to I want to hear this. This like this is a headline that like we need to bring not a great plan back. I had to exit out of the article because of that ad that scared me and yeah. <laughs> by derailed our conversation. But essentially, um, the the union for the actors, because as we know, the actors are still on strike as of us recording this. Who who knows by the time this comes out? But and at the time of Halloween, they were still on strike, and the union said. You are not allowed to dress up of any, uh, I forget the the phrasing they used, but essentially any movies or IP that are covered by strike rules, you're not allowed to dress up as. So you can be like a nondescript character, like a ghost, but you couldn't dress up as the nun, for instance. (laughs) Uh, Mike, is this not the craziest thing you have ever heard? No, no. Uh, the craziest, the craziest <laughs> thing that I've ever heard out of Halloween and like acting in the arts is an actor telling me that they don't like oh, Halloween yeah. because it it's it's offensive to their job as an actor. Which that to me is the craziest thing I've ever. This heard. comes close second. This is a clo- yeah. This would be second now. I I kind of see the logic behind it because they're like, well, it's it technically it's promoting, promoting the movie, whatever. But no one cares, um, and that's it. No one cares. So I don't. I don't know why you keep, like. It's Halloween. Like it. It's so me- Halloween is so meaningless. It's not connected to anything. It's just a thing. Like just let people have fun with it. What is the big deal? I think it's it's hilarious in, in one of those ways of like, wow, people are really stupid. I feel like it's super invasive in like someone's private life to be like oh you can't go to a halloween party and dress up as a character i know well and because I, they're they they know what's going to end up on the internet i know yeah i understand the rationale in this in the social media world yeah. if megan so for instance megan fox and machine gun kelly dressed up as characters from kill bill and they were kind of like suck it to the to the union. I think they Sorry, even take... Who, who are these people? Who? Megan who Fox. Megan Fox. Oh, um, oh and uh, yes, Megan Fox. And, and her boyfriend. Right, right. Yeah, Machine yes. I know, a stupid name. No, but I we've talked about them before. I just, yeah. for a half second, I'm like, who is Machine Gun the Kelly? Couple, and now I know who he is. Yes. The couple I love to hate. You yes, know, exactly. Like, yeah, the couple who, of the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> before um, Taylor Swift and Travis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking, so like, I get it. That's now, like, now people, maybe there's people who are like, hmm, who did they dress up as? Kill Bill. That sounds interesting. I'll go watch that movie. That movie is, what, 20 years old? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so like, it's not, I just, like, it just, like, it seems so weird to me. Yeah, I just don't understand, like, why why is Kill Bill now part of a strike in 2023? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and, and so what are they going to do? Like, the, okay, so the the union says you can't do this or whatever. I don't know. And, and, and they did it. 
Yeah. Yeah, find them, I guess. Because technically they both be um, union members because Machine Gun Kelly's been in some movies. Yeah. So they're both part of the union. But here's here, this brings me back to the whole Selena Gomez where she accidentally maybe promoted her TV show like in a very roundabout way. I'm not going to look at that costume and be like, hmm, I wonder what that is. Oh, never watched it. I'm going to go watch it. I'm not going to watch Kill Bill because Megan Fox dressed up as a character from it. No, because but you're a rational human. <laughs> the The people making these decisions aren't. Like, that's, that's the sad thing about it is the people who are in charge of making these decisions who sit in a room, they are so devoid of reality. Of, of the rest of the world and how everyone lives and thinks that they just say, no, 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 it's, it's going to end up on social media. You can't post on social media. It's a blanket rule. We can have zero exceptions, zero nuance, because that's the way they think. The, everything, everything is left or right, one or two. It's binary decision-making, and it's not innovative or interesting. It's just boring old slock that people make decisions about. So I just, at the end of the day, you're rational. So you're you're thinking about it from your point of view of being like logically, oh, cool, these people who I love to hate, but I'm you probably follow them and are all over their news anyway. You're 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 doing it because of them. You're not going to take what they do and say, oh, now I'm going to watch Kill Bill 27 times. Like that's just not what you. I don't think I've seen a single Megan Fox movie in my whole life. Really. I don't think I've seen no. I've I haven't even seen that horror movie that she's in with Amanda. Jennifer's Sa- Body. Yeah. yeah, I've never I'm even seen, you haven't Body. seen that. I know. Oh. So I yeah. So SAFTA or whatever the name of this union is, this rule was so dumb. And I saw I don't have a list, but I saw many actors violated that those striking rules. They thought well, it yeah. was stupid. <laughs> they all um, probably thought it was pretty dumb. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyways, I just had to bring that up as a not a great plan because I'm like, mm-hmm. what, what, like, yeah, this, I'm, I, anyways, this union talk, we're never going to get around it. We'll do, yeah, anyways, moving on, Halloween is over. Yeah, Halloween is <laughs> oh, over. Every movie's been delayed. Let's, let's, There's nothing movie, yeah, it, <laughs> Nothing, nothing ever, when it, when it, I said it before and I'll say it again. This strike and everything going on here, the only one who will suffer is the consumer. That's it. No one else is going to suffer at the end of the day. It's just going to be the consumer. We're the ones who are going to have to pay for all of this. That's just what it is by movies being pushed back, by prices going up. Um, I don't know if you saw, Taylor, that quite a few streaming services will be up in their pricing in the next year. And I think Apple was the biggest one with the biggest leap that they're, they're actually going to be asking for quite a bit more money and again this is all what why do you think this isn't random you know i think it's partially with their models that they have i think this was inevitable that we get here but we're getting here faster because they just lost a bunch of money in these in these deals with writers so and apple what are you even offering me like i i keep my apple subscription because i keep forgetting to cancel it (laughs) but (laughs) that's why (laughs) I can't think of anything that's like worth watching right now on Apple. I know Ted Lasso's on it, but that show has come to an end. Um, people like that. That um, there's a show. Morning, morning show. Oh no, didn't even know about that one. But there's one oh, yeah. with the guy from Parks and Rec that people like. No, I don't. I, I, no, Severance. I Severance. 
Oh, again. Severance. Yes. Yeah, yes. Like I've heard that's very good. Yes. But, uh, Adam Scott. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are violating union rules. I keep doing this where <laughs> I just like list things that are on the streaming platform. We're, but like we talked about, we're not in the union. We, we, we can, I feel, discuss things a little bit. And I, like, again, I'm assuming most of the people listening to our show or listening to our podcast, they're interested in just movies and, and hearing opinions on them and talking about them and writing in and having like, I, I think, again, it's okay to keep doing this because new things are being released. If, if there was a like a thing being like, okay, nothing's being released, nothing at all is happening. We're not releasing any movies. We're not doing anything. I think that would be different. But things are still being released, regardless of there being a strike. The writers are back to work, so they are writing. They're working on things. It's the actors that we're now negotiating with. And frankly, I am le- I have even less sympathy towards the actors. I don't have sympathy towards the studios either. But I I don't care about billionaires fighting millionaires, at least with the the writers and the crews that were affected. A lot of those are just work working class amounts of money. Like it's just, you know, you're just working. You're working for your whole life and you're just making more like a livable wage, more so than you than you're making millions of dollars. So, yeah, by this point I'm like I, I they you're will eventually it. yeah, I'm over it. They will eventually solve it. I'm not going to cheer. Uh, I have no interest in really, being a part of this. So I'm I fine. I really don't get the not being allowed to promote old things. I really can't. Yeah, that I don't understand. That. I don't yes, understand that, that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That that to me seems very It's strange. already been made. Money's yeah. already in the people's pockets. I could understand them if I could understand it a little bit more, I should say, if they had come out with a ruling being like, well, just the things that are coming out right now or the new kind of IPs in the theater, we don't want those things discussed because that's being actively promoted. Otherwise, where would you want? Like to me, that's even a little bit more acceptable where it's like, okay, don't don't wear costumes from whatever's even Barbie's out of the theater now. So you can you can wear it. But but I think, again, like we talked about. This is how decisions are made, where I'm going to take my paintbrush and I'm just going to brush broad stroke over everything. No nuance, no subtlety, no differencing of situations, no discussion. It's just, nope, it's one rule because if we don't, it's too complicated for everyone's little brains to handle. And I think it's absolutely backwards and I think it's ridiculous. Um, and Taylor, I know you don't like science fiction, but I will, I will always save room for apple tv plus because of for all mankind which i think is a fantastic series i just want to throw that in there that's why i kept my apple tv uh, subscription i watched nothing but (laughs) the for all mankind that's the only thing that i have on there and by the way apple tv plus has nothing to offer for horror movies i looked and spent hours searching they have nothing nothing i also don't like the platform I don't find it's, it a very it's the worst platform I've ever navigated. Because Im- it's awful. Embedded in it is also it's not clear what's included in your subscription. At least when I've like used it, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like like on a laptop or whatever. It's not clear what's covered in your subscription, like what's free, and then what you have to ex- you have to pay extra for, or it'll, like perfect, let you yeah. watch like one episode of something and then be like. That was a preview. It's like, what? I didn't want to preview oh, the thing. Yes. Has that, that I can No, I can tell you from a laptop, it's just as com- complicated. Like, it's it's so confusing. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of their 
yeah. It's like everything just needs to replicate Netflix. <laughs> yeah, Netflix is is one of the easiest platforms it remains, to navigate. It remains yeah. the easiest. Uh, and I, you know, being a Disney Plus user, who they they took a lot of the Netflix and and kind of used a similar ish style. Disney Plus and Netflix are the two easiest to find things on to navigate through. Um, it's just the easiest. I still think Netflix is the best because of the way they order, organize, and order their movies. Like you can you can look at alphabetical lists if you want. You can look at you know lists by what it recommends for you. The downside of Disney Plus is when you go to movies, for example, and let's just say you go to movies, horror movies. The only option you have is alphabetical order. You really? can't be like, oh, I want to put it in year of like date it came out or search a title within horror movies. No, you can't do it. Huh. So yeah, it's very it's very um, restricting in that way. But yeah, I honestly, Taylor, it's an interesting discussion to me, and I think I think there's a lot to continue to unpack with these kinds of things, just because the strike has continued for a lot longer than I think a lot of people thought it would. But I'm just so frustrated only because knowing and understanding the business the way I do, I understand there's there's sort of the sort of quote-unquote working-class actors who are making less who are impacted by this as well. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. They are impacted. No one is going to be looking at them in the same way when it comes to negotiating than, than you look at the higher-paid people. It's the same in sports. The, they're looking out for the highest-paid people, period. So it's just frustrating to me to watch this because it's like, just get, get back to creating entertainment for us. That's what you're paid millions of dollars. And now you're going to fight with billionaires for millions more. And even from the billionaire's perspective, you can't give up a little bit more. After the amazing summer season we had, like if you're a producer or you're a studio, you should be panicking right now. Because you just had a summer that bounced back for the first time since the pandemic. And it was all because of Barbie and Oppenheimer. And I guess Sound of Freedom tagged along, right? So <laughs> if it wasn't for those three movies, the summer season would have been absolutely terrible. And you had such great momentum. You could have, you could have really ridden that in to, to the rest of the year and, and movie season is back and do other things. But all we have is Martin Scorsese complaining and actors on the picket line and billionaires fighting millionaires. And it's, it's frustrating. I don't know how CEOs sleep at night. When you <laughs> on on piles of cash, yeah, I guess <laughs> pretty I guess well. Me, I think I they can pay someone to sleep for them if they need to. <laughs> like, are you you're kidding right, me? They sleep right. fine. They're you're not right. concerned. Um, I just mean like yeah. it's just yeah, just greasy. Like people, you know what I mean. But what do you get? It's very this greasy. There's good, nothing. We're gonna keep going to the movies. <laughs> this is a good segue because we both sort of streamed. But do we have any fan questions before we get to our reviews? Well, we do, but we don't have time. Um, <laughs> we, we, we do. Uh, you know, we we have some fan questions, and we'll try to we'll try to fit a few in each episode. Um, well, we are planning of, on doing a fan a fan bag a mailbag soon. Yeah, I, I thought we could do a mailbag near the end of the month. That was cool. that was kind of my my thought. So this way, everyone listening, like you'd have a couple of weeks to get us fan questions. So. I'm just going to like put it out there November 22nd, like try to have fan questions into us by the 22nd and the episode on the 28th of November will be, you know, fan questions, etc. Now we do have a bunch to catch up on. So fans out there don't feel obligated to, to write in, but if you have questions or want to be part of it, we're happy to take more, you know, from the episodes before we usually can do 10 to 12 in one episode without too much. And we can always rapid fire them. Uh, Taylor, you could do like a lightning round. Fun. My hot takes. Yeah, exactly. 
but yeah, let's let's review some of our movies. Let's get into our streaming movies. Yeah, because you have a lot of. You told me you have a lot of feelings. Well, about about one of them. Um, <laughs> I have I have feelings about the content of both of my movies, but I don't really have feelings about the actual film. Like this was a very weird experience for me because I wanted to watch the movies to kind of really dissect and get into. And I felt like the content was kind of interesting in both the movies I watched, but the way they were just filmed or done, I'm just like, Oh, this is bland. <laughs> like, this is kind of like vanilla ice cream. Two Netflix movies, correct? Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pain hustlers and old dads, which I believe were both just Netflix releases. Now, old dads, to be fair, Bill Burr, who's the comedian behind it, who wrote it, also directed it. And I think this is one of those movies where, I mean, I don't know if, I think it's his first time directing. I, I don't think I've seen him direct anything else, but he's a comedian, right? So I think when you direct a film for the first time, you can rely a lot on on your cinematographer. You can rely a lot on people kind of around you to support that. It, it was just very bland the way it was shot and the way it was put together. Like old dads was kind of interesting. I guess I'll just go right into my review. Old dads was sort of an interesting movie. It's about Bill Burr. Who's a little bit older, has a young son with one more kid along the way. Um, and it's about himself. He's playing. No, he's playing a guy. Got it. It's not for, like a biography. It's no, no, because I know he. Yeah, like it's it is based on his life because he right. has two young kids, but he made it a different story. So got it, the, got the, it. the basics of who he's playing is he, him, and his two friends, all around the same age ish, like in their fifties. They started a very what has become a very successful company. Now I I can't remember. It's not really important what they do, but I can't remember. It was something around affordable like sneakers and sports shoes, but like more of an online on like of an affordable level, like made with the same quality of stuff, but it's affordable, something like that. But the basically right at the beginning of the movie, they sell their company to like a young, you know, part of the hip. young generation hip guy who's turning it into like a completely different company, but has kept them on. And so there's some like comedy around that, like three old guys dealing with like the new generation or whatever, but it, it really focuses obviously on 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 him being an old dad. The problem with this movie was I, I watched it, I laughed a handful of times, and comedies are hard. Like I think we've talked about it, Taylor, how like reviewing a comedy is difficult because you either find it funny or you don't. Yeah. And that's really the end of it. And I found this and everyone's movie, humor like, is different, you know? Very yeah, very much so. And I found this movie like funny at times. There's one or two big laugh moments. There, I can't, there's one moment that made me laugh a lot, and I don't even know why, but I think it was the way Bill Burr delivered the line. Because I think he's a relatively good actor. He He's a pretty funny comedian for the most part. Um, he has his strong opinions, but he's also he's very, he's very interesting because he describes himself as sort of a, a left-leaning um, person, like politically. So more, more, you know, more with non-conservatives, like more liberal thinking, but not quite as far. Like he thinks it goes right. too far. And in this movie, I don't get the point of it. <laughs> I kind of got to the end of the movie and thought, okay, sorry, what's your point? Because it, it felt like he wasn't, he, he wasn't making one. He was just making a movie that was me. So he's a, cent- he's, a, he's a centrist. 
<laughs> yeah, like, like, movie. <laughs> yeah, very middle line because he he made the point of there was a lot of humor and struggle between the dad and kind of the new way of thinking. But right. that wasn't really the focus, like the moral and, and I mean, spoiler alert, but whatever the movie ends happily. Like you, you got to know going into it, what this is basically it's more about his, his anger and him controlling his anger and finding outlets for his anger and figuring out how to like not yell and scream at people when he finds something weird or strange, but just accepting that people think differently than him. That's kind of the point, but only really at the end. Otherwise, sounds like a Jim Carrey movie. Like it should have been Jim Carrey should have been the. If it was Jim Carrey, the movie would have been, I think, better because you have a purely funny, charismatic lead in the middle of it. Like I, I agree. Play a similar. Isn't that like the premise of Liar Liar? Liar Liar is more about him lying to people, but like him just. But kind of the same. He's. But he's a parent, right? I don't know. Like, I'm just getting, like, liar, liar vibes from this movie, but just not funny. It, Maybe I'm yeah. completely off base. Yes, I, I would say you're a little off base. I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't see the comparison. To, to me, liar, liar is all about his relationship with his son and right. him having to tell everyday white lies, but seeing how it in, impacts his son and him losing his ability to lie completely changes his life and the person that he is. Bill Burr nothing happens to change him okay and then he just sort of changes at the end like it doesn't really he's already had one kid so the birth of his child is his second child so you can't even say like oh well the birth of his child at the end of the movie is the thing but but he's already been a parent like he's Hmm. he's struggling with being a parent so it was very it was very so even even like the his wife in this even she is is to him being like why like why are you freaking out about all these things like this is just the way the world is like get over it like she has no problem suggesting and it kind of is about three guys adjusting but they never adjust and the movie just sort of happens couple good jokes in there couple fun moments a few like i think pretty interesting points that he brings up about the way people behave and sometimes being a little hypocritical in the way that they think and the way they hold things over other other people's heads. But it was so surface and bland that that's what I mean. I felt like I was going to a nice restaurant. So the concept's good and interesting. I want to be there because I'm like, oh, there's little bits of things. But then having vanilla ice cream where it's like, well, yeah, like everybody can do this. Like it wasn't yeah, it wasn't very to me. This is a typical. This is an airplane movie if I've ever seen one. Did he? And did you say he directed, starred, and wrote? My yeah, he co. Cringe. Like I think he. Yes, your biggest <laughs> cringe. He co-wrote it with someone, but again, it's based on his story. So I'm sure this is a very personal story to him, and I think he, like, he took it very seriously. You could see he cares, and in the scenes, and he's trying. And I'm not saying he's a terrible actor, but I think like sounds like it was a script I, problem. Yeah, there was a bit of a script problem, and probably if he wanted to direct and write this, I think he should have had someone else star in it, because a Jim Carrey type in this role, and the age would have been perfect for Jim Carrey, would have, I think, brought an energy that that this was lacking. Like, it was very bland, and very dull, and I just, I felt like it needed a, a boost, and Jim Carrey's one of those actors who who can do that. He can give it. Give it. And, and again, another if, if he was alive, uh, this would be a perfect Robin Williams. Funeral, yeah. Right? Like that. And you need an improviser 
who can work through people, who can throw out funny one-liners, who can be charismatic, but is believable in kind of that role and can do the dramatic moments really well, which I think Jim Carrey and Robin Williams, as funny as they've been throughout their whole career, they were they were always able to handle the, the, drama. the drama and the heavy mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, I think that's to me- why, That's why it's giving me- like Jim Carrey vibes just from what you're describing because it sounds like it is a comedy but obviously there must be dramatic tones to it because if it's about a dad who can't relate to the world his kids are growing up in there would be dramatic tension no yes and you know who should have been in this movie who actually also would have been perfect would be someone like Chris Rock who who again older brings that comedic kind of touch to it but if you don't want someone who's cuz Jim Carrey has energy Right, energy that yeah. oh yeah that changes everything so if you want someone who's more subdued because of age thing or the older thing or like feeling tired i feel like someone like chris rock would have been kind of perfect for this as opposed to someone like jim carrey or kevin hart or someone who is off the wall and like has yeah. all that energy but i just honestly this this even like adam movie, sandler yeah, yeah well adam sandler would have been perfect um because this he movie, plays that character in every movie now this movie needed a boost it needed like a shot of adrenaline. It needed some Red Bull. It needed something because it was just like an hour and a half and it just yeah. happened. And it it's a way to kill time on an air, like airplane it. That's my rating. It's a way to kill time on an airplane. That's really it for this movie. So there you go. That's old dads. Um, Taylor, you saw no hard feelings. Yeah, a movie from, I wanted to see in the summertime. It was a kind of a, big summer I don't know if I should say big summer movie but it did make a splash with Jennifer Lawrence her first movie in a while correct me if I'm wrong I haven't seen her she had a baby she had a baby and I think she took a break from acting and could this be her first movie back she did one movie I think it was just might have been just before she took the break um, cause she did that movie that was also a Netflix release with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, don't look up. Yes, don't look up. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. That might have been the last one before the break then. Yeah. This is, um, a raunchy, raunchy, uh, cringe comedy. (laughs) And, uh, I guess she can do comedic stuff, but it's very different from the stuff she's been doing recently or more recently before she, um, had her baby. And um, the premise is that she lives in like a small, it's not Cape Cod, it's where rich people go to holiday. But essentially, she lives in like a beach community where she's lived her whole life. And um, she's struggling to keep her house, which she inherited. And so Mm -hmm. she makes a deal with Matthew Broderick, who I haven't (laughs) seen in a very long time. And his wife, they have a, a 19-year-old son who um, is really shy. Um, they want him to come out of his shell so he doesn't get eaten alive at university. And so essentially they're like, we want him to lose his virginity to you. And that is the setup for the movie. So very um, raunch comedy. Like there's no like no other way to describe this genre. I think I say that genre and people will go like their minds go to like American pie. You know what I mean? Like it's a very yeah. like American pie yeah. type movie. Um, but like the roles are a little bit reversed in that um, it's an older woman pursuing a younger boy. And I think there were some headlines being like, how dare they make this movie? She's 30 and he's 19. 
in the or she's 32 sorry and people are like if the roles were reversed like if it was like a 32 year old man um but it's a comedy and they know it's not right you know what i mean so like i that's can, part of it right that's like, part of the comedy right that she's 32 and there's like a scene where she goes to a um a house party of like teenagers essentially and the parents are like you shouldn't be here and they're like and she's like i've lived here my whole life they're like no, we meet at a high school party. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I, sh- I shouldn't be here. Like, the fact that she's older is, like, part of the comedy. And, like, they're not saying it's, like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, like, right. endorsing the relationship. It's part of the part of the joke. Yeah. Um, it was, and, like, it is cringe. Like, a lot of, like, embarrassing, awkward things happen. And, like, that's the source of the comedy. Uh, I thought Jennifer Lawrence was great, like a breath of fresh air watching her. She has very good comedic timing. Uh, She had very good chemistry with the young man. I don't have Wikipedia pulled up, so I can't tell you the name of the actor. I don't recognize him. I, he might be acting um, in other things, but uh, this was the first time I've seen him. And it's really, it kind of follows them or whatever, summer romance. Um, it's exactly, you know, you're, you know what you're getting yourself into with like an American Pie type movie. This isn't an award winning movie. Um, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. You know what I mean? It's breezy. Um, I would say it's not as like politically in, you know how American Pie hasn't aged very well. No, um, I don't think it has like that type of, like, I don't think there's parts of this movie where people will be like, Ooh, like, how could they do that at? That t- in 2023, I didn't get that sense watching this movie. That's so interesting because the the buzz around it I heard was was kind of the opposite of what you're saying. Like I I believe oh, that's it because I well yeah and, and I and I t- I even heard that about old dads and then watched it and went there's nothing in here <laughs> like yeah. this is not this is nothing. Um, but, but yeah, it's yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because I the thing that I had heard again probably from people who never saw it. Was that like, oh, yeah, no, this movie's not going to age well. This is going to, you know, like, affect a lot of people. It's going to offend everybody. I guess you and me, Mike, like, it takes so much to offend us that, like, I'm like, I don't know. This movie was fine. Like, yes, she's 32. Yes, he's 19. But, like, that's part of the comedy. And, like, they're not saying – I because that's the only thing I could think of where people would be like, ooh. And they do make – a lot of the movie, a lot of the humor is poking fun at helicopter parents. And this mm. current generation of like children who are essentially coddled, I guess yeah. that might not age well because who's to say in like 15 years if like helicopter parenting is a thing? But, um, like I thought that was really quote unquote timely, but I didn't think like every generation has parents that are overbearing, you know what I mean? So it must be the hoopla must be about the age difference between them. Mm. But remember that movie I rec- I Spaghetti Pizza or whatever that weird movie I watched the uh is it Licorice Pizza Licorice yeah Licorice yeah, Pizza okay, that, yeah, and that was about. and that was like a younger boy pursuing I think he was like sixteen or seventeen and she's I remember like this, yeah that to me was much more like ooh because they the that movie was like morally ambiguous being like it's okay that he's pursuing her. You know what I mean? Whereas in this movie, we're like, yeah, it's weird that a 32-year-old is being paid to seduce this 19-year-old. <laughs> um, I guess, I guess in a sense, like, they do, I don't know, they, like, 
I don't want to ruin the movie, but like, I don't know. I didn't find it. I guess I just didn't find it offensive. I guess at the end of the day, I didn't think it was like the word, like, oh my goodness. Clutch. What do they call that? Like pearl clutching? Like I oh, wasn't yeah. clutching my pearls watching this movie. Like it was fine. Did you, did you find it funny? Like did the, yeah. com- did the comedy hit for you? Sometimes no. I'm Cringe comedy isn't like my favorite genre. I, I like raunchy comedies, but like, I didn't, I didn't always appreciate the cringe factor. Um, not every joke hit. I probably laughed out loud like once or twice. Um, like I said, like, it's not the best movie I ever saw. It's certainly not the best comedy I ever saw, but it was like a fun watch until the end. There's (laughs) CGI fire, Mike. You know my thing with CGI fire in the last couple hey, months. How but... does CGI fire come into this kind of movie? <laughs> so, you know, it's a raunch comedy. So, like, not everything that happens is, like, realistic. But essentially, oh, okay. Jennifer Lawrence catches on fire at the end of the movie. Oh, and <laughs> I was like, no. I don't. I'm like, no, that doesn't work for me. Up until then, I was like, yeah, this movie's, like, enjoyable. And then they lost me at the very end. I... Mm. One of the problems with this movie is that, and I get it, endings are hard. I could not write an ending to a movie. You know, like, (laughs) getting, tying up all the loose ends without it feeling corny. I would say, like, the ending of this movie was a little bit like, yep, this is the last 20 minutes. We need to write an ending. That's how it, you know what I'm trying to describe? Where it's just kind of like, how do we end this movie? Let's do it in the most typical ending way. Where it feels like, you know, we show a little bit of each character <laughs> and then... Sometimes it, it feels like they they enter writing a movie and, like you're saying, they they get to the end and then they, they go, oh yeah, I guess we have to end this. Like yeah, they don't, how are we they don't outline it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the toughest part. I will say that there is... Jennifer Lawrence does a full frontal nude scene, which I wasn't expecting, in oh. this year uh, in year of 2023 i was not expecting an a-list female star to do that in a comedy but why not especially in a comedy yeah like I mean, normally you do see that in dramas but not, not comedies yeah and it was a very funny scene i will say that she went for it and it was hilarious that was the funniest part of the movie um but for all the per- pearl clutchers out there be aware <laughs> that there's a full mental nude scene and, and uh if you pearl clutchers want to reach taylor you can write into screening and Kingston at gmail.com. <laughs> and um, we'll make sure she gets the message. <laughs> I will say that um, at the end of the until the ending, I was like, oh, this is like a stream it. I don't, I spent $4.99 to rent it on YouTube. I do oh, not, re- not even yeah, bad. I do not regret the $5 that I spent. So for that reason alone, it's a stream it. The ending pushes it almost to an airplane. But again, I don't regret the $5. So yeah, that, that, like, that's a reasonable price for a yeah. comedy. Like if you're going to rent something for $5. Yeah, I would not have paid 20. Like if I had paid 25 right. for this and it's you a new release. So I'm like, Ooh, yeah. it did not do very well that it's already at $5 for a rental. That's all. Yeah, that that for a new release, that's a lot less than I would have expected it to be. It's on American Netflix, but not Canadian Netflix. So I wonder if that factor factors into the price. I bet you it does. <laughs> that actually does explain it. Yeah, yeah, if it's on, that's interesting that it didn't release to the Canadian Netflix. That's kind of because I saw all the headlines being like because they're Jennifer Lawrence is in the headlines again, and obviously it's because this movie is um, has gone to streaming, and so all the headlines were like. 
on Netflix now. And then I Googled it. Like I went on to Netflix and I couldn't find it. They're like, Netflix did this thing where like, looking for no hard feelings, we don't have it, but try this instead. <laughs> no, Netflix. No, I want the movie I'm looking for. Chase <laughs> Louise. Help oh, me out. Netflix judges so hard and that's, it's awful. Yeah. And they're like, um, we don't have the movie you want, but maybe here's like a movie that's 10 degrees removed from the movie you want to see. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, that was yeah. my streaming there you go. experience. Stream it. Um, so my last movie was Pain Hustlers. Uh, I almost I watched this. To, I watched it kind of on a whim. Yeah. I'd, I'd already seen Old Dads and I thought like, oh, why, why not give myself a second movie? Um, something to talk about. Pain Hustlers, Hustlers was definitely uh, like a, a bit of a better movie. It's more of a drama. It is based on a true story, which I didn't know. This team, um, the single mom getting a job as a pharmaceutical rep. The single mom who was working in like a strip club. Oh. And became a farm not only not only just a pharmaceutical rep, like she rose to management in one of the bigger pharmaceutical companies that, according to this movie, have influenced the opioid crisis like they are partially responsible so what how this movie sort of explains that is they've got this drug that is mainly for pain for cancer patient patients and they're basically emily blunt is trying to to get doctors to switch people to this drug because it handles pain better and there's not a lot of um, side effects that that are associated with it so the problem that happens is according to this movie is when companies do this and they end up selling the one drug for the one purpose they then want more money and more connections so they start no kidding on, yeah on <laughs> they put pressure on doctors to to prescribe it for other uses like over prescribe yes so they end up so you you have pain in this and you have pain in that and you have whatever and according to again the movie the more you utilize this drug and the more using of pain, the longer you're on it, the more you could become addicted to it, which is what causes overdoses. So that's basically what this movie is about. It's about Emily Blunt getting into one of these big pharmaceutical companies. Really, she saved the company from going under because of her ability to, to sort of sell um, to, to particular doctors. And then, and then as she rose into power, they want to start doing this. She kind of was against it, but did it anyway, um, but was, you know, felt morally that it was wrong. And then it's about, like, the government and CIA and police getting involved and, like, what's going to happen. Like, it had some pretty tense moments. And Emily Blunt and Chris Evans are sort of the two stars in it. And they they both do a very excellent job. Like, there's there's nothing wrong with the acting of this movie. Um, it was very, very well performed. It was very well acted. Um, what, again, I... This movie reminded me a lot of that movie um, that was about the housing crisis, whose name I can never remember for some reason. I can never remember the name of this movie, but it was about the housing. It was about the housing crisis, and it came out a while ago. And what was interesting about that one was they were trying to explain difficult concepts with voiceover and various like vignettes. And it was kind of like interesting, different. This movie felt like the uninteresting cousin of that movie. Where it's like you have little, like they, they had uh, interviews at the beginning, kind of helping to explain and navigate what was going on. They sort of tried to explain the system of how things work to you a little bit, but it felt like it just didn't go far enough to be innovative. 
Like Maybe it was it just, just been a documentary. Yeah, it, it, I think it would have actually been more interesting as a documentary. Like I don't think you needed the stuff of like Emily Blunt's house home life, and she's got a young daughter, and kind of working that into story. And her mom is played by Catherine O'Hara, and her mom is a real piece of work. Um, really fascinating. Her mom ends up working for this company, <laughs> which is what which is really funny. Um, but yeah, like I I think this this movie could have been served by and probably would be a more interesting documentary. Um, but overall, it was still pretty entertaining. The drama and tension was pretty good. I think you can tell and know where this movie's going by the end of it, especially because it's based on history. If you know anything about this, I just didn't know going into it about anything. So seeing what I they got like away with, this is like the very tenth tenth movie slash documentary slash miniseries about opioids and the opioid crisis that Netflix has released in the last year. Like it seems like every other week I'm getting an email being like, this is a, uh, we've just released a movie we think you're interested in. And then like 50% chance it's about the opioid crisis. I, Interesting. I didn't Netflix, know you do have that pegged about me. I do find documentaries about the opioid crisis super interesting, but I'd much rather watch a documentary. I don't want to watch a mini series or a movie about it. I yeah, want to watch like the, I, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, for this one in particular, I think, I would agree with you. Like I'm, I'm going to give this movie a stream it. Like I think pain hustlers was still entertaining. It's a drama. If you're into this kind of thing, you will like it. Like if you like tense dramas with a bit of a personal swing to it, seeing characters go through things, great acting. Absolutely. I just think in terms of the content, even though it was very interesting and well done, I just felt like, well, you, you didn't really do anything new with this topic and you didn't really do anything new with it. I just felt like I was watching another movie about something that happened in real life even that movie that was also about um the people who sell uh drugs to doctors um the one love and other drugs yes even that's more interesting because they had a different angle to it like it had it, it was about kind of something else too at the same time this movie felt like no it was really just about this thing and all this other stuff we're adding to it to make it a movie and to make it more dramatic and interesting felt like it was just not part of it like that's what i'm saying the cousin it just felt like it it wasn't really part of the movie and felt a little separate and weird so that's why it's a stream it instead of a see it but again it's a good drama i thought it was an interesting watch if you're looking for something to stream at home it's it's you know it's not a terrible choice it was it was uh it was pretty good i want to get back to the movie theater like i've got a whole list well i've got three movies now that i want to see in the month of november but that's uh yeah I, I wanted to get some streaming in because i'm in a candy coma so i needed to uh to get my candy coma all wrapped up a, a palate cleanser I'm well really yeah because I've, I've just been sitting here eating candy for like three days straight and i laid on my couch and streamed some movies <laughs> i really want to see napoleon i think it's going to be over three hours long there won't be an intermission i'm very scared <laughs> yeah uh, um We'll we'll see what happens with Napoleon, uh, but there you go. That's uh, that's it for this week. Uh, we've moved on from Halloween. Candy coma about to end. We'll be back to the movie theaters. I'm hoping. I'm really hoping, Taylor, to see Killers of the Flower Moon this week, so we can talk all about it and Martin Scorsese next week. That's my hope. But we'll Fingers see what crossed. happens. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and you'll hear from us next week. Go see some movies. <laughs>